Celeste. I'm Zara the Rebel. And I'm O Katrina. And we did it backwards again. No, we didn't. And Cause we, you, because we, we, you would take it from after I'm O Katrina and you would say, and this is a podcast about. Oh, po- and this is a podcast <laughs> all about how diversity and feminist thing is going to be great. I'm not really a rapper, so just sit right there while I try to come up with a better rhyme that rhymes with there. <laughs> Boom. And I'm O Katrina we again. We that whole thing over. <laughs> Uh, we're a podcast all about feminism, diversity, geeky shit, and sometimes cats run onto the screen. It's an adorable noise that you just made. Uh, and today our main topic is writing strong female characters. Yes. Because Sarah has actual legitimate um, experience, and I have, like, I posted on my website experience. Illegitimate. Illegitimate Like a bastard child out of our writing womb. Yeah, so if you want to learn how to write women like a punk rocker, you can listen to me. Um, oh no, rad roaches are invading the fallout again. Okay, so, um, we generally, if you're new to the show, we go through some news and give our opinions on it, because we're hilarious, and then we go through our main topic, and then lastly, we tell you all about our chick picks, which are things we think that you should check out this week. Yay! So let's dive, oh, oh, what do you got in that bag? Because my cat's like, hey, how you doing, girl? It's, it's my clothes. Okay, as long as it's not food. <laughs> he's, he's still like, hey, how you doing, girl? Yeah, well, that's life. Uh, Deadpool, oh, shh, I forgot to watch it. <laughs> you didn't watch the Deadpool trailer? Are you, it's been out for like 48 hours. I've, uh, I've been playing Fallout. What do you think of it? It was, I, I mean, I liked it. I saw the Comic-Con cut. I'm sure you did, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't much that was cut out of it, for the Red Band trailer, at least. And, yeah, I mean, everyone's super hype about it. So, the Deadpool trailer is out. And so, is it just the same one that they showed in Hall? Yeah, they just, they cut out uh, Colossus's line and then the, the whole, like, Megasonic Teenage Warhead Aww. line. Yeah. Well, I guess they were the two weakest, like, yeah. parts. So, everything else was, like, cool, yeah. So it was, it was nice, so if you guys haven't checked out the trailer yet, please go check it out. Uh, and also check out Ryan Reynolds' interview on Conan, because it's really, really, really hilarious. Yeah, um, he was really funny in Hall H. Like I said, he, there, that panel is the reason I'm excited about the Deadpool movie. Mm. Not just the trailer, but like they really get it, and they love it, and they wanted to make something that they feel represented the actual character. Yeah. What are all those faces? Gosh, shut up, Casper. <laughs> Um, Fantastic Four reviews are bad. Horrible. Like, the second wave of them came out today, and, you know, I mean, like, I'm glad that at least the critics are sticking to being critics and it's not, like, a comment section, because I haven't looked at any comment sections. Uh, I'm, I'm very much anticipating that the blame will be directed at the wrong people, but it, it, it sucks, because it, every, every critic has said that it's, um, it's a, a movie that seems confused. Uh, about what it is, and it's uh, a great cast in the wrong movie. So, it's really sad because, you know, I really wanted this to be like, uh, I wanted it to be like something that came out of the blue and was like, yeah, well, you thought it was gonna be bad? Fuck you! Because I thought it would be bad. Like, I, the latest trailer I saw made me, not the one that, um, not any after Comic-Con, but at Comic-Con in Hall H, that trailer made me like, whoa, wait, I'm actually excited for this now, it seems really cool, so Mm -hmm. now I feel even worse. I'm, well, I haven't seen it yet, so, I mean, my judgments will be made when I see it, but, like, it's, it's kind of disheartening to see, because it's, the, the, I mean, that cast is made up of really great talent, and, 
I don't want them to be blamed for it, basically. Right. You're be like, see what happens when you make the fire guy black? I don't know his name. I'm just really upset because he's black now. Um, yeah, that better not happen or I'm going to kick somebody's ass. Yeah. Um, this bitch who runs Marvel... What's his name? Axel? Axel Alonzo. Man, fuck you, Axel Alonzo. I'm going to say that straight up. Wow. I've read some of the shit you said. Mm-hmm. That's a bullshit, sir. Anyway, would you like to talk about it a little? There's been a lot of Marvel drama this past week within the comic book division uh, because of... Uh, it, this kind of spun off. This is like a, a drama series of drama now. Uh, the whole thing started with the hip-hop covers from Marvel. And Great people, idea, Marvel. Yeah, and people just asking why, you know, why is Marvel creating hip-hop covers without, while still having, like, an almost completely non-diverse set of creators. There has never been a black female writer at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Never. What's it, 75 years? Yeah. 75. Some whole grandma. Mm-hmm. From birth to death. <laughs> she could have been there. <laughs> she could have been working there. Yeah. And there's nothing. So, there, the, the pressure was put on Marvel, and uh, Axel Alonso continued to, uh, you know, dig the hole, pretty much, by by, by calling people out and basically saying that every, every everyone who was uh, offended or upset with the covers uh, and the lack of diversity at Marvel... Like, just learn the word cultural appropriation, and he said, like, a mountain of really, like, holy crap, I'm so sorry for your PR guy kind of things. Just the the very idea that people are just now learning cultural appropriation and just now trying to be all politically incorrect, blah, blah, blah. Black people have been talking for a really, really long time, Mm -hmm. and white people have been not listening for a really, really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And now we have platforms that make it easier to get messages out. For example, if when Ferguson if Ferguson had happened without social media, mm-hmm. you would have heard a little blip on the news and that would have been it. Mm-hmm. But now black people have more <coughs> access to things to get their messages in front of people. It's not that suddenly everyone learned a cultural appropriation. Suddenly we now have a voice to say, hey, bitch, I see what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. I see it. So it's really just ultimately disappointing because I know there are some great people at Marvel, but the diversity isn't on the creator side, it is on the management side. Right. Like, their their entire social team, like, I, I'm pretty sure it's, like, mostly Hispanic and, right. and, and mm-hmm. people of color. So, it's just kind of upsetting, because if you have that much diversity in your, in your non-creative workforce, not to say they're not creative, but uh, and then nothing on the other side, like, what do you have to show for it? Right. Meanwhile, DC, like, make sure to tr- make, they make sure to trumpet Every time they hire a black person. Right. Which is kind of weird, too, but, you know. They're like, hey, did you see the thing we did? We! Dakota Universe, guys! Guys, hey! Pay attention. Dakota Universe. But Dakota Universe is very important, and I'm very, very happy. What was the latest one where they didn't hire black writers? Oh, Blade. Oh, yeah. Blade! Blade! And they're bringing back Blade. They're giving him a, a daughter, and they couldn't hire black, black woman? Black woman? Black woman? Black man? Somebody was... Weird, and it's not necessarily about like, oh, we need to make sure the mixing pot is even or this or that. It's that you know, historically, people of color have been given less opportunity. Again, factoring into the fact that there's never been a black female writer at Marvel, um, those jobs went to other people. Those jobs went to white guys. So it's more about opening up the door because those people need to get hired. Exactly. That's the issue, is that there are black writers who want to work on comics, who want to work at Marvel, Mm -hmm. and they're not able to because some white person took their place on a 
black title. So it's like, why are they benefiting from trying to get the black audience when they're not actually hiring from within the community at all? Mm. So that's the issue. Not that a white person can't write a black person or a man can't write a woman. It's that when when there are people who are not able to get jobs doing this sort of thing, it feels very unfair. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so recently Superman took on police brutality, which is kind of a weird Captain America-like turn for the uh, conventionally Boy Scouty hero, um, and it was an interesting take. I guess did you check that out, Sarah? Yeah, I read the preview um, that you guys had on on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a problem with it at all. Comics have been talking about things happening in the real world since comics were made. I mean, mm-hmm. from World War uh, Two all the way to um, you know the issue of. Of, um, of diversity. You know, mutants were an analogy for being black or for being gay or for any other kind of being an outsider. So um, to see Superman taking on police brutality makes sense to me. Why wouldn't they try to put whatever's going on in the world into comics? There was a comic made about a guy when, uh, when 9-11 happened, mm-hmm. and his entire plot had to do with not being able to stop 9-11. It, it's, it's something that comics do. So I'm not offended by it, although... The fact that the police are definitely, some of the police are definitely being portrayed as the bad guys is bothering police officers, I saw. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, I, I, I like to compare this to, you know, whenever there is a, uh, a brown terrorist at any point, or mm-hmm. whenever a Muslim person does something, all of, like, the Muslim community is called on to apologize for mm-hmm. them. So, the one thing that I can say is, I do know fantastic police officers who do their job and it's great, but I don't see police officers calling their co-workers out. People I I mean, every time someone's been shot there's been someone else there that could have stopped them, that should have stopped them because it was their job. So I have faith that, you know there are cops out there who care and stuff and save puppies and shit like that and that's great but I wish that there were more cops like that who gave a shit, who took responsibility, who stopped these people from being cops, and who, like, enforced a better workplace. So, I I think it's really cool to see Superman taking it on. Um, Going back to comics, I think that as a comic fan, when... The the cool thing about comics is you can have a fantasy story and then a real-world story. So, someone who uh, reads comics all the time and sees this fantastical superhero taking on a real-world issue that actually mean something to them right. is a really great coping mechanism and it helps you understand something a little more and it helps you feel uh, more confident about your opinion in it I think right. so it's really cool like I'm not a big Superman fan but it's nice to see that happening I'm personally not going to read it because of the art yeah <laughs> I know it's horrible to say but I think the art looks oh. terrible and I don't want to read it <laughs> sorry guys I'll, I'll give it a look-see for you um <laughs> yeah so I finally saw Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, have, you've seen it, right? Okay. Uh, I saw Ant-Man. I really liked it. I liked um, the story. It was way funnier than I thought it would be. I liked the uh, strong female character they gave us. I liked the that the minorities that they gave us weren't um, stereotypes. So, like, every time, like, his friend talks, he's like, yeah, you know, man, I was at, like, this wine tasting, because, you know, I love, I, I don't normally like reds, but there was a rosé that saved the day, and I was just like, I was, like, smacking air, and I was like, yes, yes, because we don't all like the same fucking thing, this is amazing, and then later on, he does it for an art show, and I'm just like, yes, 
yes, this is my everything. <laughs> anyway, um, because normally, what would he be portrayed as doing? Being at a barbecue somewhere, smoking weed somewhere, messing with his lowrider car somewhere. And here we go on television. I got to see. It. I was just like, thank you. This is beautiful. <laughs> um, I did have concerns with it. We'll get all into it because I talked about it on one of my last streams a little more deeply. But essentially. Um, as great as those characters were and as great as Hope was, um, Marvel is still doing the same thing it always does, which is kind of paying lip service to women and minorities. It's like, look, we've got these cool characters, now don't bug us about them. <laughs> you know, uh, I saw absolutely no reason why the movie couldn't have been a Wasp movie where um, Scott teaches her how to steal, so she steals the suit, and then it goes... Because they basically built her up to be like unstoppable like mm -hmm. a badass super fighter chick and she wasn't allowed to fight because a man was worried about her mm -hmm. you know the same reason women weren't allowed to join the military yeah that might have worked if she was like a teenager yeah. but she's clearly like a, a, a adult grown woman, grown woman like, who who is um disobedient enough to have voted him out of his own company mm -hmm. and yet she didn't be like well i'm just fucking taking the suit I mean, I didn't the, buy that the, the most positive thing I can say to that is if it was a Wasp movie, it would be 30 minutes long. That's true, because she, she would have fucking done it. You're right. You're absolutely right. She would be, be like, I got it. Else. She'd be like, oh, okay, well, it's a the suit. Thanks for the help. <laughs> Boom, done. But that was my problem, is they built her up to be so strong that it was like, well, now it's really unbelievable that yeah. she didn't just do this thing. It would be like having Superman in a movie, but him being like, Batman asked me not to hit anybody, so I'm just going to watch. <laughs> I'm going to sit back and watch Netflix while you guys go take care of everything. But Superman, you have laser eyes. It's like, no, no. It's but not Grace my time. And Frankie is on. It's not my time. <laughs> you know, this, it's not my time to be in the spotlight right now. I'm going to get my shot. You, This is you time. But it's Superman, like, I can really use your help. <laughs> it's like going Goku. Like, in every every arc, it's just like, oh, no, no, no I'm still busy I'm dead. being dead. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'd love to help you with that, but I recklessly risk but my we life. Can't just, we can't just wish you back with, with no, the Dragon Balls. No, I'm not keeping eyes and learning. I just have to stay here. <laughs> I was so mad when I watched the new Dragon Ball, what was it, Dragon Ball Super? Oh, Super, Dragon Ball yeah. Super. And he's, like, finally alive, finally with his kids, and he's like, I want to go back to King Kai's. <laughs> just like, you bitch! We've been trying to get you on Earth for years! Sorry, that was a tangent. <laughs> I was like, I would ask for a divorce. Oh, yeah. I would teach you, I'd be like, I'm done. Seriously. I'm done with you. I'm going to raise the children on my own. I'm doing that anyway. Gohan's already married to Videl. She right, has money like, coming in. It's not a big deal. She could just marry, she could divorce Goku. I do just love it. She was like, yeah, it's fine. Just come visit sometimes. Because she's literally in her head just like, fuck it. Fuck it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bob was like, Vegeta's going to the theme park with us. Vegeta ate this whole octopus and it, it was so funny. You had to be there. <laughs> Why is Vegeta a better husband than you, Goku? <laughs> You're supposed to be the good guy. It's fine. It's fine, Goku. It's fine. Whatever. Um, so I didn't actually, uh, because I'm addicted to <laughs> Fallout, as I turn and play it real quick, um, I didn't right actually now. look up any um, news out of Gamescom either. Well, I want to talk about uh, the Battlefront Rogue Squadron-ish okay. uh, gameplay. Big surprise. Big surprise. Uh, I mean, there's been, like, a couple different cool things. Like, 
the Microsoft presentation yesterday was kind of weird because uh, as excited I, as I am about the new Tomb Raider, it kind of just like look looks like Lara goes on like a murdering spree, and <laughs> like it was just and they were like, but there are also tombs that you can raid in this game, like actual tombs. Like we forgot them last time, but they're here now. So they showed off the tombs and then they showed off some gameplay where Lara just like sneaks into this camp and just wails on everyone like fucking Etsy Auditore needs to take a seat next to this chick because she like comes up behind everybody and she like kills like 90 dudes in a row and then she like sets off this fire arrow and blows up the camp and there's fire and death everywhere and I'm like okay (laughs) so there was that that was a highlight for me I guess um and of course, Battlefront gameplay. I'm really excited because there are now actual like you can be in the in the X-wing, which is all right. I really wanted. Right. And I was worried about it because at um, at E3, the vehicle, uh, get, like the vehicle control um, on the on the actual map was kind of like really wonky. But we weren't highlighting anything but like a Skyhopper, so it wasn't that great. Uh, so I guess it, it was a nice upgrade to see. So yeah. Very excited! Yay. Destiny. Let's talk about Destiny. Mm -hmm. So, for any of you who are watching who are new, let me just explain a little bit my history of Destiny. I played the Destiny beta and alpha and game. Played a lot. Probably put in 100 hours into the game, at least. Um, Really enjoyed the gameplay mechanics, like hitting, shooting, all that stuff feels great. Um, enjoyed the social aspect of it, but overall felt that it was a bad game because it was empty. It promised us a huge universe to explore, and it really gave us five maps that we were expected to play over and over and over and over again. It was mm. really a big letdown. Uh, it sounded like a, an outline of a game because it was like, oh, you've got to fight the uh, darkness. You are part of the light. There's this traveling orb. What are we going to call it? The Traveler. We've got these bad guys. They're, like, falling from grace. Let's call them the Fallen. <laughs> like, just really, really sloppy, lazy game. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, like, the story and the world that it promised that it would create. As far as mm-hmm. gameplay, super tight, super fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, somebody tweeted the other day, it feels like we've been playing a beta for a year. And I knew, that's all he said. And I was like, this is about Destiny. I go and I click. Lo and behold, I find out the news that, um, a few things. Peter Dinklage's, um, lines are being erased and done over by Nolan North. <laughs> Um, no, it's fine. Dinklebot was shitty. Although, I, it's probably the lines. To be perfectly honest, I can't imagine how Nolan North could... It, like, here's my thing. I'm like, let's just wait. I want to hear what he does with it. Mm-hmm. Because if he manages to make it sound good, then we can say, okay, it really was Peter Dinklage phoning it in, which is what we all said. Mm-hmm. But if even he can't fix it, then we have to admit, sorry, guys, you wrote really shitty lines for <laughs> a stupid <laughs> robot that, like, nobody needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and... They're they're changing leveling again. Um, they're they're switching a bunch of things around, and they're adding a bunch of content. And it actually almost sounds like the original thing we were promised mm-hmm. is going to happen. Now. <laughs> so, like, notice my voice is getting higher because I'm confused. Anyway, if people want to keep playing, they're going to have to have, in total, basically spent $140 on Destiny just to finally get the thing that they were promised and to relearn a whole new leveling system and everything like that. So, uh, quite a few Destiny folks that I know are pretty upset by it. Mm -hmm. um, Just because they feel that, A, they should have just been given this at first. 
And then some people are saying, hey, they're giving, they've adapted and grown and changed based on things that you've said. Like, you should be happy that they're doing this for you. Mm -hmm. um, and that they keep making it new and original. Different. So I don't know. I don't know yet if it's enough to get me to uh, get back into Destiny. I don't currently think that it is. But uh, I, I probably will wait to hear what other folks say who have been playing it this entire time when they play it. That's why I don't fuck with Destiny. <laughs> Um, Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon teaser came out. I'm going to post it in the chat for you guys. I really like it. Um, I'm really happy Vanessa Marshall, who voices Hera on Star Wars Rebels, is voicing Gamora. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I was already going to be watching the show, but I'm, I'm really interested in it. Like, there was a little preview clip where uh, Yondu met Peter Quill for the first time, and I really like that. So, yeah. What do you think? Um, I... You know me, I, I'm always less enthusiastic than you about new things. I'm like, we've got to wait and see. Katrina is like glass half full and I'm glass half empty. Um, I saw nothing to make me alarmed. Yes. So I'm like, cool, this looks like it could be fun. My only concern is it's a Disney show. But they've shown us with, with um, Star Wars shows that they can make serious, fun, interesting content. Terrifying things. Right, that's not too childish. Yeah. So, um, yes, I'm excited. Yes. Um, very, very excited. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <laughs> this this is news because it made me laugh. Mm -hmm. They're showing the Hobbit movies, the extended Hobbit movies, <laughs> at some screenings around the world, and I'm just like, here is my palm. <laughs> <laughs> what they need is the unextended. They need the chopped up, edited better version of the fucking Hobbit movies. Like, why would you add more content to this filler? Are we going to spend ten minutes looking at that flower now instead of three minutes? <laughs> what are you doing? Anyway. But hardcore fans will go, I'm sure. Um, I literally wrote in the notes, time for a Sarah rant. The rant is, it was bad, and I'm still waiting on somebody to give me the supercut of The Hobbit where they actually make it good by finding the good movie <laughs> that is within it. Oh, I have a piece of news before we uh, finish with that last piece. We just got Wally West cast on The Flash Season 2, which I'm really, really excited about because it's his new 52 version, and in the new 52, the West uh, family are people mm -hmm. of color. So it goes along with the show. Now, Iris doesn't have any siblings on the show that we know of, so it's going to be interesting. Maybe he's a cousin or something. Um, and also, when... Uh, the when Andrew Kreisberg, who is the executive producer of the show, was quoted, he mentioned how. Hold on, I have the exact quote here. Uh, just like we, when we met Grant for the first time, we Im instantly knew that Keenan, Keenan, Keenan embodied all the heart and courage of a hero. So I'm wondering if we're going to see him suit up as Kid Flash anytime that would be soon, cool. which would be really neat. I hope they don't take as long as they did with. Um, some of the other characters on Arrow, it took a while to get Canary and, uh, and, and you know, uh, Roy Harper and everybody. So, hopefully they speed that up a bit. Haha, <laughs> because so, it's the Flash. That <laughs> reminds me, um, my friend got cast as the first gay black superhero. What? Yes, he's not gay. Well, uh, that's this, acting. So, <laughs> this guy that I've been trying to hit on for months, <laughs> months. Echo, some of you may remember him from uh, the first Geek and Sundry um, stream that we did to, like, kick off the channel. He came and he was on there late at night. Mm. I've been like, yo, I got his number. I've been trying to mack on this boy. Turns out he had a, he had somebody, one, one for me. But anyway, 
I turn around this fool being cast as a superhero in Arrow. Yeah. How cool is that? Anyway, so coincidentally, and this is slightly random, um, there are a lot of African-American gay superheroes in DC. Mm-hmm. I found lists of them before. <coughs> Interestingly enough, Marvel must have like taken up all the first page Google searches for gay and superhero because I cannot find these articles anymore. It's all buried under Marvel heroes now. <laughs> so great job, Marvel uh, marketing team. You've really suppressed SEO. DC. <laughs> great job on your SEO. Hot damn. Hot damn. All right. <clears throat> wow news. Oh, oh, yes. Oh. That's, sorry. I yeah, thought we were moving on. Oh, no, no. Wow news. Uh, wow has dropped another 1.5 billion subscribers. <laughs> what are you going to do? You're old as hell. I sorry, think, Wow. I think Wow is, like, almost my age. Like, just let go. Let go and fall into the abyss. Be a new game. Make yeah. a new game. There, there are other games out there, and a lot of people have left to them. Uh, oh, final piece of news. Corey D. Williams followed me on Twitter. I'm one degree, one degree closer to meeting Lando, which is pretty cool. So jealous. That guy was in Star Wars. So jealous. <laughs> he only has like 300 followers. You should go. Just be like, hey. <laughs> I thought you were my dad when I was little. <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, Corey uh, oh, D. Williams. Billy D. Williams has like... Okay. 4.2 million. Wow is only 11 years old. Oh, it's only half my age. Okay. <laughs> much better, Piper. It's much, much better. <laughs> so, on to our main topic. Yes. Main topic. Woo! <laughs> our topic today is how to write a compelling female character. Everyone struggles so hard with that. I'll make it seem like... Here's number one. Number one, this is actually go, uh, the umbrella under which everything else we say falls. Write her just like a male character, except give her a vagine. Or have her say she's a lady and she don't even need a vagine. Mm-hmm. Trans characters are characters, too, you know. Yep. Anyway, so that's the overall advice is just like you know how to write a guy character, write yourself a guy character and rename that guy character Sally. Yep. Boom. Plenty of fish in the sea. Name Sally. Name Sally. <laughs> so that, that's the first tip. Now yes. we're going to dive a little whoop, whoop, deeper. So Sarah, what? How? Uh, explain your your uh, history of writing female characters. Who was your favorite to write? What was her story? Um, so my favorite female character to write is still ongoing. She's actually one that most people haven't seen, except a, a very small group of people who are uh, test readers for me. Mm-hmm. But her name is Shenzi. And um, I don't want to tell you too much because I don't want to spoil my book, but essentially she is um, a princess who will one day become queen of a country, and she's uh, she's a lot like me. She's got all these great qualities, and she also has some not great qualities. So she's very strong, she's charismatic, she's a great leader, she also has a really bad temper, and sometimes doesn't think things through. Um, so I, I really based her a lot on me, which is why she's easy to be my favorite, because... I'm vain. <laughs> Not that anyone here is surprised. I right now my favorite female character to write is the one that I am currently writing for a secret project that isn't <laughs> super secret because you can check out the first chapter of it on my website. Um, but uh, she's she's kind of um, a lone hero type who has a best friend that is assisting her from across the galaxy. And keeping her sane. And uh, she's really fun to write because 
she's kind of been thrown into a fray where her usual cocky attitude will not save her uh-huh. uh, at any at any um, cost. So she has to learn to adjust, and she has to change and grow, and that's like the first challenge she has to face. So it's really cool. So, Andromethius, I want to address your question. Does she fall off cliffs, too? So, I never thought about it before. <laughs> but yes. Ah, fuck, she does. <laughs> she does. And now I'm really angry, and I might have to change a huge plot point in my book. <laughs> How dare you? Um, Can you? But that's, that's saying something that her falling off a cliff uh, involved a huge plot point. For you. Just, <laughs> damn it. People are going to read my book and be like, ha, huh, just like in her streams. <laughs> like, no! I thought of this plot point many, many years ago. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I wrote some questions down to kind of ask yourself when you're developing a female character. Uh, the first one, one of you already brought up in chat. Oh, Casper, you brought it up, except you were saying it in a negative way. Um, you should make sure that your female character talks to other female characters about things that don't involve male characters. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to make sure that you're not falling into a lot of pit holes and traps and stereotypes of the, oh, I just really want this guy to date me story. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't have an interesting story about a woman who's trying to date a guy. You totally can. Um, but it is a it is a trope, and it is something you want to make sure that you're not falling into of a girl who basically her whole life revolves around a guy. Mm-hmm. Essentially, Hope is that in uh, Ant Man. Actually, as mm-hmm. great as she is, her entire life revolves around what her father wants mm-hmm. and what he's done, and the mess she has to clean up now. So mm-hmm. that was actually a slippage on their part in writing a great female character is uh, making sure that your your female character is not obsessed with the men in her life unless that's actually what the story is mm-hmm. and you're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I.e. crazy ex-girlfriend. Right. <laughs> um, does she have concerns other than romance, being beautiful, things that we stereotypically associate with women for some odd fucking reason? Like, uh, oh, she wants to talk about Kim Kardashian and um, maybe paint her toenails. Maybe she actually really likes chemistry. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps she's real big into dinosaur bones like Jessica Mars the Pan. Mm-hmm. Um, or into fucking pigeons like Holly Conrad while we're talking about Jessica. I mean, there's <laughs> women have um, much more diverse tastes than we're often portrayed on television or in books or things like that. So do be mindful of that and making sure that the, your character has concerns other than that. Maybe she's concerned about the state of the world she's in. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's concerned about poverty. I mean, just the concerns that she has should be, unless you're writing, like, this is a teenager that you're supposed to relate to before she has that big moment where she realizes life ain't about her fucking butt cheeks and moves <laughs> on. Unless you're writing that very kind of specific story, you should be looking into that. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add before I just... Keep going. Um, you know, I've seen... A, there's some... I saw, like, a little... Oh, there we go. That was in my hair. That was weird. Um, what was in your hair? I missed it. It was, like, this little weird... Uh, wait. It's gone now. It's running away. It is gone. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Shoot. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I will go ahead and second that. There are a lot of things that make people interesting. And as, you, as, you know, we said before, a uh, writer like you would write a man. Does does your does your guy is he that concerned with his appearance? Like, is that part of her story? Uh, is like her is she a makeup artist? Then fine. But if not, you know, if you're writing uh, a space pilot, I have a feeling that the last of her concerns is going to be if her eyeliner is on point, unless she's just naturally that good at it. Right. Which some are. 
Some people are. I'm not. I can I can do one eye real good. I don't know which one of my two eyes it is. One of my eyes looks flawless every time. The other one's always like. Um, but you know, and oh, I'm gonna wait for this horn to stop. That's what happened the night I was trying to sleep. Just uh, just kept that one on night horn. you were trying to sleep. That one night. I, everyone who follows me on Twitter knows which night I'm talking about. It was, it was a horrible <laughs> night where I was trying to go to sleep, and first we had someone like that who kept doing that with the horn. Mm-hmm. Then the fight came on with Ronda Rousey, and oh, someone turned it up all the God. way so I could hear every word of it, even the after show. So Ugh. I actually feel like I watched that fight. Uh, anyway, it sounds like they're done. Um, <clears throat> another question I like to ask before making a character, does she make choices that make sense? Um... This is something you see in anime a lot, done mm-hmm. done poorly. So, like, if you were to watch an episode of Roka, episode two, actually, um, suddenly the female character decides to throw knives at the guy and then goes, ha sorry, I got excited. And it it made absolutely no sense to the point where I wonder if there was a translation error or if somebody <laughs> lost that script and they were like, we just got to write something to go with this scene. Mm-hmm. They needed to show that she could use a certain power but they didn't actually do a good job of giving her a why Mm. she'd be showing that certain power. So that's something I see a lot with female characters in anime and sometimes in female characters in comics and books is why is she doing that? Why is Poison Ivy standing on her tippy toes all the damn time? Mm -hmm. Why? Uh, So just think about that. Like, you know, why why does she do the things that she does? Um, What would motivate or inspire her? And make sure they make sense, at least in that world and Mm -hmm. for that character. If you have a really dumb, stupid character and she drops her bag, you've already set up for me that this character is klutz and she's dumb and she's not thinking all the time, and so that's why she dropped her bag. Oh, a good example. A Mm -hmm. male character. (laughs) In Ant-Man, because it's so fresh in my mind. (laughs) Um, Michael's character, why can't I remember his name right now? Um, Michael Pena's character uh, establishes in the beginning of the movie that he's the only person to knock that guy in the jail out. Mm -hmm. Later on in the movie, he punches the shit out of a ton of people and knocks them out. Now, if we hadn't already established that he was really good at punching, you Mm -hmm. might have said, whoa, this guy who's not ever in fights just suddenly is really good at punching me, blah, blah. So Mm -hmm. a good way to make sure that choices make sense is if you want a character to make a certain choice... Find a good reason. Set it up previously. It has to feel organic. It has to fit with the story. Mm-hmm. Um, also, strong female characters. Yes. N- not all strength is physical. Mm-hmm. They can be strong-willed. They can they can be motivated. They can endure a lot of things. They could be really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and they shouldn't just be strong. They should also be weak in ways that make sense. Just like any human who's really strong also mm-hmm. has weaknesses. I think this is, yeah, this is one of the things that so many people see in black and white, where it's like, the moment that you stop seeing this as a two-sided issue is the moment that you're going to write a better character, because I feel like so many people get so caught up in writing characters and not people, right? you know, Um, and and a lot of people don't realize that the two things are the same in the context of your story, Mm -hmm. so, you know, the, the, with... You know, you might not have... You might have a woman who, in your story, does not fight as well as the men, which I really wouldn't like. But her excuse is that she is the only person with a fucking brain to, who can actually, like, build the technology. This is why I like Bulma in Dragon Ball Z so mm-hmm. much. Because she doesn't fight. She chooses not to fight. She's not a fighter. It's not her strength. She builds time machines. Right. She makes, like, uh, capsules that hold entire buildings inside of... 
like those little tiny eggs and she runs a company she's a ceo so that i think that's why i think she's like one the best female character on dragon ball because she's so well fleshed out and she's so important to the story so you know that is a good example of a woman who doesn't have you know muscle strength but she pretty much runs the show otherwise right and you know even further on her in dragon ball she's very like i just want a boyfriend yeah all that stuff, and yet here we are. Where do we end up? She's the CEO. She's the richest person on the show. Mm-hmm. She's flying jets to take her family on vacation. <laughs> yep. like, she's definitely a multifaceted character. So it's okay to have things that we complain about, as long as they're balanced and they're. Uh, it's a fully fleshed character. Like mm-hmm. people like me, and also think I'm annoying as shit. Right? Like, think of people you know in real life, <laughs> and, like, there are things that we like about them, and there are things we don't like about them, and mm-hmm. try to look at that when you're creating a character. I'm very charismatic, but I'm always late. <laughs> always fucking late, isn't it? <laughs> this bitch can't be on time nothing. I tried! I even got a ride here. Halfway through. Um, oh, another question asked, does she need to be a white woman, and does she need to be straight? Is that part of her story? Because a lot of people just kind of default to it, and it's uh, because it's so widely seen in fiction as normal. Like it's normal for it to be default white and default straight. So ask the ask yourself: like, is it part of her story? Is there a partner that must be male? Is there a reason she has to be white? If not, then experiment with something else. Why not? Nothing is stopping you at right. all. And some people like to use the excuse, oh, well, I don't know about that life, so I don't want to write about it. Being a writer is about research. Mm-hmm. You're researching uh, what year these things happen, so you don't put a damn uh, this type of boat in your story when it would have been this type of boat. You're mm-hmm. researching how long it takes to walk a certain distance instead of driving a car. Mm-hmm. You're As a writer, if you're actually writing, you're constantly researching. It does you no harm to go find a person like the person in your story and do some research or go to online and look there. Mm-hmm. I mean... Points for trying. Points for trying to bring in something different and unique. Mm -hmm. And I would like to point out, especially in our culture, we see people of different races and sexual orientations and religions that don't act any different from us. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, we, we, my friend could be Pakistani, and she talks the same way I talk. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have an accent. Mm -hmm. And she's not, you know, she's like a third-generation American Pakistani, so she doesn't have, you know, all this extra cultural thing. And maybe she's even a different religion, and it's just that religion. It's not that hard to research that religion. Um, So so think about that and be mindful of it if that ever, if you ever try to stop yourself because you're like, if that's your excuse. That's bullshit. Because you're a writer, you need to be able to research. <laughs> I, I guess our final point goes back to the first point we made, was mm-hmm. uh, consider the male characters that you like. Um, if you're a big Captain America fan, what do you like about him? Is it just that he saves the day, or is it the fact that he is a compassionate person? Think about your female character in the same light. You know, um, Bring in your favorite details, or details that you think would be compelling uh, that you see in other characters around the, the the media space that you occupy. Right. And don't just make it about looks, either. A lot of descriptions with tall, fair, blue eyes, slightly tilted up nose, full lips, giant boobs, curvy body, svelte body, skinny body, little body, looks up through her eyelashes. Mm-hmm. You know, don't... Don't just describe someone based on what your penis is thinking about that person. Mm-hmm. Also, just describe them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, has a mole. 
um, you know, has a, an energy that makes them feel like they're they're always moving when they're not even mm-hmm. moving. Like there, there's a deeper way to describe people that gets used for guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> has having a certain type of glint in your eye um, that you can also use for female characters. Yep, I think that was most yeah. of it. Um, so I guess let's head on to to chick chick pick. Yeah. Um, do you want to search? Sure. Uh, my first chick pick is the Lando comic. Woo-woo! It's great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really love it. You know, I've been saying this, like, I've said this on, like, four or five podcasts already, but I think I love, uh, along with the story, I love the art. It reminds me mm-hmm. of, like, 90s comics where each scene had an overtone. So in right. the bar, it was, like, blue and purple and green, and then there was, like, a couple of scenes where it was, like, a sepia overtone, right. and in the jungle, it was, like, bright and green. So, I, I love it. It's a beautiful comic, it's a mini-series, and in two weeks we get issue two, so you guys should go check it out, because it's awesome. Sorry, I jumped on your chick pic. No, I wanted <laughs> you to, because I figured you would, you just co-signed on my chick pic. Yes. <laughs> um, so, my first chick pic would actually be uh, the Gauntlet Slayer edition. I got to go to WB today to try it out, and it's wonderful. I have, I had so much fun. I didn't get to play the... PC version that was released last year. So this is basically an upgrade from the PC version of Gauntlet, which if anybody was a big arcade kid growing up, it was that big four-player dungeon crawler game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's amazing. It's so much fun. There's like a lot of really cool melee moves that you can use with Valkyrie, which... Uh, is who I chose, obviously. Um, <laughs> so it's it's really fun. It's coming out on August 11th, and it's for PS4. Uh, if you already have Gauntlet on, on the PC, this is a free upgrade for you. But if you get it on the PSN, uh, it's $19.99, and it's a great, like, it's a great party game. I think if you have, like, people over, it'll be... there. There's a endless mode where you can generate um, dungeons and just keep going until you die. Right, that does sound like a great party game, especially for my kind of friends. Yes, exactly. I saw this. I saw this, and I was like, "Oh, Sarah's gonna get this game." (laughs) Probably. Uh, Not that I have a ton of choices because PS4 hardly has any games. Yeah. Um, My second pick is the Nerd Out app. It's an app uh, my friend is developing to be able to find nerd events around you easily and to keep them organized. Um, I would love it if you have. You know, any free change if you could donate it and if you could share it and pass it around. She's a fellow geek girl trying to t- take something into her own hands, something that she wants to see and make it herself. So mm-hmm. I really admire that. And I hope that you guys can admire that in her as well. Uh, I had a chick pick lined up, but actually, um, who suggested this? Whoops, I scrolled down. I can't get back. Uh, oh my god, what just happened? What did you, uh, do? What did you Well, do? some kind person in the chat uh, suggested rejectedprincesses.com, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. which I cannot find anymore. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Puss? There we go. Uh, where it's, it's, it's a great little... Uh, hist- I actually spent some time on this website, which is why I'm suggesting it. Um, there's some character histories on, on great female characters throughout the ages, so uh, going along with our point of um, writing female characters. If you want to put in some research time, like Sarah said, maybe go check that out and see um, where where people have excelled and where they have failed. I love that site. Normally people are telling me about women in history. I'm like, I already know, I already know, mm-hmm. already know. Because I actually, as a child, 
really loved to read about women pirates, women warriors, big mm. surprise, women scientists. So I had all these books about it. But Rejected Princesses has stuff, I, people I haven't even heard of, and it's awesome. Mm. And it comes with animated Disney-like designs, so it makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, my third chick pick is Theodore Tusk. Ah, oh, yes, Theodore! Um, I am running his social media now. So it would look really great if all of y'all could follow him and shit, because <laughs> then it looked like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Anyway, um, I would love it if you could have subscribed to his channel. He's actually really funny. This is, like, the thing that bothers me the most about, like, how so many people don't know about him. He's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Like, I, I tried to just watch bits of his videos just to come up with a post, and I end up just watching the whole thing. Be like, I'm going to write this post in a second. He's a mm-hmm. fucking walrus. Plays video games. <laughs> Sorry. That's how I feel about it. You should go watch it. <laughs> Awesome. No. <laughs> uh, my third chick pick would be, uh, and I know I've suggested this before, but there's going to be some gaming news launching uh, on my uh, Movie Pilot profile as we start ramping up our initiative. So go check out moviepilot.com slash Katrina for the latest in gaming fuckery. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's the show. Thank you so much for watching, and if you're listening on allgames.com, thank you so much for listening. Sorry for cursing again, Mrs. H. God, I hope Mrs. H doesn't I only did it once this show. I cursed a lot because I was so angry about Axel. See? I took all my anger out on every other news article. I don't think I cursed at all uh, this show, but I'm sure (laughs) someone will keep a a tally. Yeah, we do need a cursing tally, like a little jar or something. Uh, Anyway, I will see you guys later. Bye! Bye! Turn it off the stream. Turn it off the stream.